The real person, and we go, What? We'll get rid of this guy. Pete Ferrero. I'm feeling wonderful. <laughs> Kathleen <laughs> looks crush, TV crush worthy. Like so many special guests, and all your questions. Live on the Beverly Hills 90210 show. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, so here we are on the Beverly Hills 90210 show. People are already commenting. Uh, Simon Moon, our friend, said uh, this episode means a lot to me. So right right off the bat, people are, are kind of talking about how important of a episode this is. And, um, of course, we have Caroline here with us. Caroline, uh, thanks for joining us. How are, how are you? You're, you're in Atlanta, I think, right? Yeah, I just arrived in Atlanta. We're doing the second season of Sweet Magnolias, and um, the heat hasn't really hit us yet. The humidity isn't too bad. Um, we've still got our cooling tents when it does get very humid, but uh, it's lovely being here. It's a beautiful city. And uh, Larry, East Coast, all good? Very good here. You know, the weather's wonderful. My younger son came in here. His golf clubs arrived before he did. You know, I don't get it, but whatever. We're happy. <laughs> and Charles, how's everything going on in Venice Beach? Good, good. Um, you know, got some, uh, just did a little gardening uh, yesterday, and uh, it's getting hotter, so you got to water the plants every other day now. You can't yeah, I know. Times a week. <laughs> You know, Atlanta, of course, you have to do them every 15 minutes. <laughs> well, and as we get started here, Caroline, we always love reunions here on this show. So we thought we'd bring our friend on here to say hello to you, Mr. Matthew Lawrence. Oh, my Lord. Hi. <laughs> How are you? Melon Shilio Shilla Silver. There he is. There he is. His eye. Uh, guys, it's been like, I don't know, three weeks since I <laughs> I'm got, kind of going through withdrawal here. Cal, it's so great to see you. It's lovely to see you too. Gosh, what a beautiful surprise. This episode, out of all, I did more, I was blessed to do many. This episode is my favorite one of any that I did. Uh, obviously, it meant the most in terms of Brian and myself. And the whole thing was just a remarkable experience. And I would say you had a lot to do with that. That's what I would say. Yeah, Chuck, I wanted to start with you uh, go, looking back on this. Um, well, first of all, Matthew, how are you? How's all going in your in your world? It's, oh. it's going. It's going. It's okay. <laughs> it's better than it's been for the last 14 or 15 months. Um, uh, you know, we've talked about this before in terms of the pandemic. We're very lucky now. Uh, July 11th, June 11th. I don't even know what month it is. We, uh, we opened... Uh, fully, 100% opened, uh, unless you haven't been vaccinated, but a great number of people here have been fully vaccinated. So things are starting to get back 
to kind of what we, yeah. we remember and we're all healthy and that's the yeah. my family is healthy and my friends are healthy and that's really all and you guys are all healthy so that's it absolutely well you know there was an interesting thing today and i swear to god that this actually was had to be a conclusion of a news story today that because they turned to uh, over now 600,000 people passed away from this that's right directly that, that that they acknowledged to covid and they were saying that the uptick they're having in people who who are past, still passing away from covid are people what they have in common is they haven't been vaccinated <laughs> uh, that's the lottery correct. that's that's even that's better it. than the lottery. i mean you you Correct. Even months ago, when the guys would come over, we'd ask the guys who did some floors for us and different people, and I'd say, "Hey, are you guys, and we all still wearing our masks. You know, have, are you guys been vaccinated? Oh, are there everyone? You know, nice Hispanic man. Oh, I'm thinking about it. There, you're out and about. You know, you're gonna get right. sick. Help yourself. But right. um, oh well. Oh well. By the way, Matthew brought up the conversation. Now. Yeah, we don't need to go there. I, I, okay, I just wanted to say things were good here and they're open. And I apologize. And, and I want you to say, I told Mikey here that Caroline was going to be doing this show, and he's a ham. He said, Can I get in? Gotta there? be in there. Hey, the episode is the song from my mother, directed by Chip Chalmers, who really wanted to be here. We had a scheduling conflict. We thought he was going to be had a meeting. here. Yeah. He's going to be on next week, but I know he sends his best to you guys. Wow. Back at him. Yeah. So awesome. Well, Chuck, and for you guys, Charles and Larry, um, there's before we came on, Caroline mentioned this. There's a lot of heavy stuff that you guys talked about in this episode, from homelessness to mm -hmm. mental health uh, to all of this stuff. Talk to me about how we how we kind of got into some of these topics. Let's start with Charles. Well, in terms of the episode, I'm just thinking about the power of the episode. Um, I mean, it, it, homelessness had been there. It was first the first people who were homeless in Los Angeles were were those who were discharged from mental institutions. So for me, the two have always been pretty much connected. That and 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 veterans. Who, who are burnt out. And that, that I remember from being a boy growing up in, you know, in Los Angeles, right near the VA. And, you know, you, you, yeah. you know, that's, so soldiers were walking, soldiers who fought in World War II in Korea would be, you know, were, were out there and that was it. But certainly, uh, you know, things are different. But I, I, what I thought was a real interesting um, part of the episode and really built, you know, maybe it's the writer's point of view, but how it was built in there with the, the idea that there you are, David, I'm finding my mother. Oh, she doesn't work here. She doesn't live here. She's not here. This, this, this whole, how, how it built, how it, how it just, you know, well, I'm giving up this and I'm giving up that you, how you de, you, you, you de-plug as it were, you deconnect, you, mm -hmm. you, you turn inward, however else, you, whatever, you know, imagery you want to set up to describe that process of being, um, um, of, 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 of separating yourself from everything that is. Yeah, what did you get arrested for? I remember there was kind of like a shade of like what prostitution. In there? I think it was prostitution. Yeah, I, think I mean, I kind of thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, I, I mean, mean look, we exploited it. Let's just face it. We were desperate, Chuck, as you know, for storylines, and we had a free shot there, and we thought it would have some legs, and it did. But within that, we really believed in it. And I think Jessica had some some insight into this too, for some reason. Yeah, I sort of remember that. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
Um, for Caroline, uh, do you remember getting the script and what did you think of, of this? Oh, I thought it was an absolutely extraordinary um, storyline. Um, I have uh, I had a cousin who was manic depressive and what I, what I thought was, um, you know, the, the man who played the husband, it's some, I think maybe to some of you it seemed a little unsympathetic how, how he could let go of his wife, you know, my ex-husband, how he could let go of me and not worry about the, Massive. you know, alimony checks and all of that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, mental illness. <laughs> okay. Worse than champagne. Worse than champagne. It's your fault. It's, it's, it's always, it's always Mel Silver's fault. The whole show <laughs> is my fault. <laughs> Blame Dr. Silver. You're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Illness, I thought one one of the things that was so um, interesting, having you know grown up with my cousin who's severely mentally ill, spent most of his life in and out of institutions, was how trying it is on the rest of the family, and how. Um, you know, aggressive they can be when he said she broke every china. I remember one time calling him to see how he was and he called me for 10 minutes. He just called me every vile name you can think of. And it really wasn't him, but it was this hypermanic state he was in. I don't know who he thought I was. And we were very, very close friends. And you just sort of have to take a deep breath and think, okay, that's not them. But I mean, I can, it's very stressful for family. And I thought that that, that was brought out beautifully in the writing you know, with, with the husband and how, why he didn't tell his son, which I think nowadays might be less believable because I think parents are more open with their children, even about very difficult subjects. So I think probably if that story was, you know, it would be, it would be weirder that the father hadn't told him. Mm. How, how about oh, you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. If you think of this as the mid nineties, right. the mental illness would factor in, you know, it would have been yeah, there in the seventies and eighties. Yes, you would. This is not uh, polite. Think, not polite conversation. This is not uh, happy times. You know, it's just it's something always in the family, and you move. You know, it's not draw attention to it. Kind of thing. But I thought it was an extraordinarily advanced um, piece of television, in encapsulated in, in nine hundred two one zero. I mean, I thought that it was an incredibly brave and insightful show and i was just thrilled to be you know a little part of it i, I thought it was amazing well we were focused you know we, we you know just the idea of going to portland and the mother being in portland and portland being kind of our it always rains and right you know, and, and, and and you wanted to have a kind of a you know a conflict and and it just seemed that it was an interesting i my my favorite part from the writing is is mel is uh, matthew when you um when you talk about the idea that when, you know, David was getting on drugs yeah, and you know what that meant, what, what did it mean? Did that mean that this was the, the bipolar or whatever, the mental right. you know, disorders? Right. And I thought that was really, you know, that's something I didn't even remember that we had. Yeah. No, that's cool. with, yeah. Yeah. With, that's and something that I noticed in that too was when his father tells David, you know, you can't be doing drugs. You know, it can, we all know now that schizophrenia can get triggered in the 30s in young people who do drugs. It's a triggering mechanism if you have it latent, you know. And again, did we know that back then? I don't even know if we knew that back then. There was a question that came up for both of you, Charles and, and Larry, about how much uh, research did you go into to, uh, you know, to find out about some of this mental illness stuff? Did you guys do a bunch of research on this? You mean about what it was like to work on the with the mentally ill? 
I was running a television show. We did. You know, research was different then. You couldn't just all of a sudden Google something. You had to actually, you know, order it up from a library. Or, 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 or somebody. So I, well, no. So I, we, I, we, we talked to people. We did. Well, we, we, were, we were advised in the, in the first season that we did the show, we were advised by the Maple Center of, of Beverly Hills, um, which, which dealt a lot with the high school students and this, Mar Marty Nislik in charge of that. But after that, coming into our uh, second and third year, we, you know, the Harvard School of Public Health was our, was our backbone. And when you have the Harvard School of Public Health, they got researchers and they give you stuff and statistics yeah. and uh, from and yeah. a really nice guy named Jay Winston uh, yeah. used to be the liaison with the next episode squash it but you know but also our communal experience you know as you know people and, and writers who took experience of, or know people you know I mean we tried to make it real and honest I think and because um, you know like I, this was like an outlier episode though because you know mm -hmm. when you look at it Jason's not, uh, you know, there's no Brandon character even in it. It's so, it's so odd. I totally forgot that and some of the other things, but it's so focused on this, on, you know, Mel, Dr. Mel Silver and, and, and David Silver and she was search Silver. for his it's, mother. It's, uh, and, and I'm really glad seeing it. We did that because, you know, you were saying before, Chuck, how we kind of took the story down. First, he goes to her job, then we kind of go to her place, and he's just kind of taking the audience by the hand into this different circles of hell where she's going. And then, you know, and then we tied it into a classic, you know, triangle with with Ray and Donna, and you know, as we observed in our watch along, we were a little bit, we kind of a little bit heavy handed on that that storyline, so we, we didn't feel as good. But uh, this was great. Um, for 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 you, Matthew, you know, you've obviously done a lot of different things on nine hundred two one zero. We've talked about a bunch of those. When you get this script and you see this come in, you must be like, wow, this is this is going to be. This is going to be different. This is going to give me an opportunity to kind of, you know, play a little bit more and and really sh showcase and act, right? Well, immediately. Um, and so much of this, we've talked about this. It's it isn't that it wasn't that hard for me to do because of how much I love Brian. And that transfer of feeling for him, that's what that episode was about. I mean, I hate to say this, but it wasn't so much about Caroline and her relationship. It was much, much more exclusively almost for me, Brian and my relationship. And is that me? Can you hear me? I think it's Coach K. I think it's Coach K, man. Oh, okay. You're a wise guy, Chuck. <laughs> Chuck's a wise. He retired, Chuck. He retired. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not yet. He's got a whole year, Larry. He's got a whole year. Be careful. Let's take He's a quick look. <laughs> Let's take anyway, a quick look at the scene here. That, that, um, that, with all the stuff that I went through in those nine years, and we've talked about a lot of them, that's why I think this is my favorite episode, is that we, we really had a chance to, for our relationship, Brian and mine, to really get deep. And that's what that episode did. It was great. I mean, it was great for me. Let's take a look at one of the scenes here. This is when they find Sheila. Sheila. Sheila, it's me, Mel.
It's, uh, it's me. It's David. I get goosebumps just re-watching it. Okay, here I go. Here I go. <laughs> there I go. Yep. Get Touching. Clean. God bless it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, good uh, good tech job there. Um, I like the lip split. The split lip was kind of good. The yeah. makeup, the makeup on oh, her. Gotcha. Was, yeah. What do you remember about doing this, guys? Caroline? Um, I was very nervous about the scene. I remember that, and um, I remember feeling like it was real. David, I just thought uh, Brian was so extraordinary. I think he's such an amazing actor, and I thought he shone in this scene. I just, um, it makes me cry just to think about it. But he was amazing. He was me too. <laughs> and I remember feeling very much like the character when they had put those clothes on and I was on the, I mean, it take a big stretch of imagination. You know, I was on a street in the clothes and in the makeup. Yeah. And it felt extremely real. Just mm. like this, when I was carried out, when I overdosed, that felt so real, it was scary. You know, certain scenes. I've always remembered this scene. And it was brilliant, Brian Watts. Yeah. Um, for you guys looking back on this, Charles, Larry, and we watched it this week earlier. Are you, was this an episode that we, we, you know, we've covered a lot of episodes here on the show, but when you looked back at this one, were you just, I was kind of blown away. Well, wow, this performance is really incredible. You know, uh, what were your thoughts rewatching it this week, Charles? Well, yeah, you know, it, it's funny. I, we, we 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 hired a camera team in in uh, Portland to like capture Portland, you know, go shoot. We did a lot of second unit there, and we didn't. None of us went to Portland. We weren't. We, we filmed most of this, I think, in like the Mid Wilshire district, if I remember. The we built it around where the apartment was, and then the there was the back. I think the alley was right there as well, and you know, and and, and the different things. But, you know, one of my first thoughts watching it is that probably how I don't know Portland at all then or now, but how much Portland must have changed since we that was what was their downtown, you know, near the riverbank area yeah. of the, you know, the 90s. But it was something that that I remember, you know, this was a period of time, too, that we had we were pretty much. De, de getting out of the serializations. We had done a big one, a big arc with, with Dylan, of course, and his, his money and getting the drugs and then getting it back, and then with Kelly and Professor Finley and a few other things. So the story arcs that we had had were now, uh, we had ended, and we were also moving into, like, completion and things. We, we needed to figure out how do we get Andrea Zuckerman where she's going, and how do we get the this the Walshes where they're going to be going yeah. out, you know at the next one so there was a lot of 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 the um, you know that that kind of um, kind of maintenance that that I was thinking about as we we're doing the show particularly because 
you know, from our from our audience's point of view, uh, at, at certainly at the time they were making it, it's all about what's going on with Donna, David, and Ray. I mean, right. that's where the that's the tail that wags this dog. Um, you know, in in effect, and um, and it was interesting. We 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 saw that we took Ray's character, just made him too dark and mean and angry, and and you know we we kind of let that happen because we wanted to. Oh, let's get the drama up, and it, and it, and it, yet um, it, it it went to places that made it hard for us to ever to redeem the character that wow. the, he played the uh, the Jimmy Walters play. There was a lot of questions about the Ray thing. Go ahead, Larry. Uh, well, I was going to say I remember at the time thinking. First of all, we were doing this during Double Love, so like Chuck talks about the mechanics of it. A lot of it, you know, is dictated by you know we're producing a television show. So right. it was really helpful that we were only going to have part of the cast in this one because they could be shooting the other episode. Right. But at the time, I do remember thinking like the audience is not going to love this episode, but we should really just do it with all our heart and. and and it's been really gratifying that people really like this episode because you know it, it holds up in time. You know, it shows we really kind of took something and really and ran. Well, I didn't. I didn't have the same doubt, Larry, about that because you were family members. It was, you know, yeah, even if it was, yeah. they were discovering something more about the family and a deeper connection with the family. Had it been, you know, one of the things that becomes harder for me as as the, as the series generates and goes on year after year i'm looking at characters who aren't immediately connected into the familia this is steve's parents or mother and father or this one or that so but you, these were so in that respect it was um it had a deeper connection but i certainly you know we we would have to remember that we were writing for younger or, or we had a younger demographic i used to always say when when adults would would stop me on the street particularly you know usually men whose kids went to the same school as mine and telling me with pride that they never watched the series and i just went that's okay you're not in my demographic that <laughs> <laughs> was my what was your demographic oh uh, well when we started on fox early on right. we definitely were 12 to 24. we 12 to 27 17 and then and then the next incantation the the, the 18 right. so we, we had that was our 34 i think it was the 34. and then it went up to 34 for sure and then we had you know we made it for a lot of and we've gone over this before but you know really the the early music choices you know fox wasn't so happy that i was putting on oldies from a from a diner Beverly Hills, and I said, "Well, you know, you're going to want some older people to watch this too, and you're going to have to get some hook with them." And so you did have the, you know, the 30s, some, you know, people reliving their high school in right. their 30s watching it, and then having the connection of the the, the oldies themselves uh, connected, like music. the writers, and like us. <laughs> uh, Joanna wanted to know. Um, was it always intended for David's mom to suffer with mental illness? Watching back on a Walsh family Christmas, it seems like Mel is alluding to this about Sheila when he describes this about Sheila when he describes how worried he is about her being alone on Christmas Eve. Interesting. I, I think so. I think there was sure. that instability. Even if it wasn't You're just gonna say yes, the no. extent of what we were going to be going, Yeah. at the, at the same time, you know the idea that the hold that you had over him, the the drama. I I can't stand being by myself on the. You know 
what struck me is very kind of that Beverly Hills melodrama that I remember, not in my personal family with you know the doctor and the angel, but the the rest of the my friends and there's a lots of drama like that. Yeah. Michelle wanted to know. Well, she asked about the research, and then also, was Fox okay with you guys tackling mental illness as a subject? Yes, this was season five. They didn't care. They didn't care, right? <laughs> there, was, there was kissing in this episode. I know. So That's I right, and you know, <laughs> and music. And- um, Caroline, I don't know if we talked about this last time you were here, but getting you came into season five. It's a big show. Uh, do you remember auditioning for the show and, and getting yes, into I, this? Yes, yes, I do. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do remember the audition. I remember the room. I remember people sitting there. I remember being really, really nervous. Um, and I have to say, I, I mean, I don't know how many auditions I've done in the last 50 years, 45, 50 years, but probably thousands and thousands and thousands. And I can certainly say that this was one of the jobs that I was the most thrilled to get. Oh. I was a theater, I was a, you know, I was a theater actress from New York. You know, I... Um, well, you hit it well. You hit it really well. <laughs> we like that about you. But you know, I I, I, I remember almost fainting with joy. I I couldn't believe it. I was so excited, and it's funny because um, and I loved the young people on the show. They were all so sweet to me. You know, I just sort of came sailing in, and oh, I'm your mother, and you know, blah blah blah. And you know, the Thanksgiving episode. I, I loved it. It was like one of the happiest sort of little jumping in and out of a series I think I've ever done. Matthew, do you remember working with Caroline? I know she's here, so we have to say nice things. <laughs> <You know. laughs> yes, I do. I'm old. I can take of, it. Of course I do. Um, this was, as I said, this was a big part of culminating with that episode. Um, people, I've said this to you guys before, and I'm sure it happens sometimes with Caroline. I get texts with pictures from different episodes from my friends all the time. You know, I'm sitting here watching the show and here you are again or whatever. The picture that always gets me is the picture of us with you in the hospital bed. And Brian and I standing next to, there I go, standing next to that bed. That picture always gets me when somebody sends it to me. it meant a lot to me, and she, you know, the, I, I don't care what they get, these guys think about New York theater actors. <laughs> that was my training too. But you can, when you work with somebody, you can always tell somebody who has been trained in the theater. Sure. And that was you when you came. And yeah. I didn't know how to hit my marks very well, but. <laughs> <laughs> I need to stand I was, And it's funny, I, when he was talking about that New York theater actor, I was thinking about the importance of marks. But, I know. And yeah. I, I will, even, even now, I'm not brilliant at it. They said, right. I was going to be looking down all the time. It never makes any sense. I, just, <laughs> I think I Paul Wagner also really, uh, really appreciated uh, Broadway actors and New York actors, too. Oh, you guys. He, was, uh, he was very instrumental in a lot of the casting. I'm sure. Yes. This is the picture that you're referring to, I think. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's it. Thank you. Yeah. That's a great one. Um, 
Larry, let's talk about that. We'll go back to talking about a song in a second here. But in the next season, you do continue going down this road with this story. Uh, uh, to work once, you know, just try it again. Um, but no, we just progressed it more because we thought we could really, uh, again, vertically integrate the characters, especially uh, Valerie and David, you know, and they share this thing of suicidal parents. And, uh, you know, I had forgotten, I, I, you know, the whole, and I think, uh, you know, Jessica was, a, a, did, was involved in this electroshock thing. She, she kind of took me by the hand through it. And I remember, uh, you know, so I felt all right about uh, going down this direction. And I think it works pretty well. I, and I, you know, she had done all the research on it. Um, I certainly did. I know she did. And, uh, you know, it becomes a great episode about, you know, inheriting mental illness. I mean, I, you know, and it gave, you know, Brian, a chance to really get his chops into something and everybody, you know, so it, it elevates everything. That was an episode that's directed by Bethany Rooney, so it has some wonderful uh, looks to it. You know, Bethany, right? I've just got to tell you something. When I watched this episode now, I saw her name and I thought she was a brand new friend of mine because I did her whatever that law procedural is. She's always directing in New York. And then I did the, another weird television show with her. Just recently, of the last year, I've done like three shows with her, and I'm going to call her tomorrow to tell her that you don't even know, and I didn't know that we'd worked together like you know 30, 40 years. Ago. Well, you did a great, yeah. I mean, you know, that was a, that was a tough. Uh, again, you're kind of in, in, you know, you're in a hospital bed that whole show, pretty much. And I know, no. We let, we let you turn to your left, uh, right at one point. Oh, <laughs> at the end, that's the big dramatic thing. Let it move to the right. <laughs> Larry, that, there is some heavy stuff there. Electric shock treatment, some of this stuff that yeah. you guys are talking about in that in that episode. And then there is all the stuff with um, you know Valerie and David on the on the cliff. Yeah, and- I mean, and we take it because we we got we know we're going to be doing more with Valerie and and her backstory. Which you know, again, in seeing these episodes now, we leave a lot of clues for ourselves. You know, we left a clue of, of who David's mother was and who Mel's wife was. We never really filled that out. Same way we never filled out Kelly Taylor's father. And eventually, you you can harness these things and, and bring them in, and they you know, and 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 it's you you get some earned moments with it because they're real relationships. But yeah, I mean, you know, it was just, I, I'm happy to see that we were able to do that. You know, we, you know, we just thought that there was a, a real good bond for Valerie. We could, we could give her some dramatic stuff to do. A lot of people talk about that scene with them on the, on looking down on the, the uh, highway. Do you remember putting this, to, putting that? Yes, to- I do. And that's in Santa Monica. We shot it. We, you know, right. We, I think we uh, were all hanging out at the, uh, what was the Shangri-La hotel then. But I think we also bring that thing back at the end of season seven, I think, you know, where Valerie's going to basically, she puts herself there. Everyone's graduating and she's bumming out. So we even harvested, you know, we harvested that one more time, but yeah, I mean, that was a great look, uh, you know, just being on the edge there and people who really, you know, are testing the limits of, of whether they want to live and die, you know, what it means to live and what it means to die. What are you going to miss? I want to show you the scene from the, the season six episode where you and Brian have this conversation, Caroline, in the hospital. Give me your hand. Will you be there when I wake up? I want your face to be the first one that I see. Yeah, I'll be here. Good. Now you better go home and get some sleep. It looks as if you could use it. 
nice. Really great stuff. Yeah, uh, I think, and then we bring her back, and she has the Thanksgiving, right? That's, she yeah. does come back. Yeah, that's yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. That's a little more chill, you know. She just, yeah, she's, she's just more chill, but she still, she's like becomes obsessive compulsive in the, in the kitchen. With the, with the, yeah, it's, a, it's good. The turkey know. is going to be with right. The turkey. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah, that was Jessica. But for Caroline on this stuff, you know, I'm curious for from from an acting perspective, and Matthew, I'm, I'm curious about this too. Just your process in becoming this this mother with um, these this issue, this mental health issue, and doing some of this stuff with Brian. I'm sure it's, you know, you guys are working off each other and all that. But where do you go to become these these people? I'm I'm curious for for Caroline's particular. Caroline, don't tell him. Don't tell him. Wow. These are secrets. These are acting secrets. <laughs> Is he insane? <laughs> I know. I know. It's um. Oh, it's always a. I mean, for me, a lot of it is sort of almost like childhood play. What if? Yeah. What if I was mentally ill? What if my son came to comfort me? But what if I saw that he looked tired? You know. So a lot of and, and I have mental illness in my family. You know, my mother was was very depressed as well as my cousin. So I've got it in my family. So a lot of that stuff was extremely familiar to me. So none of that was sort of something I had to work to know what that feels like. Um, it's interesting because I didn't have kids at that time. My kids were much older when, when I was like in my thirties, my late thirties. And um, but her protectiveness towards her son I, I like that bit now that I've re-seen it because that's very much the way I feel about my children, not putting my burdens on them. And then the only other thing I would say was that I am not a big fan of enormous boo-hooing from the actress all over the screen, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always feel pulled back a little bit. I mean, I wanted to cry there, but it was like, let the audience be moved. It's not about me being moved by my or David's before, um, Brian's performance. I don't know. So that was a very jumbled answer. I'm sorry. No, no but I mean, I'll tell you something. It was perfect. That is so much more effective. You know, I studied with Sandy Meisner, and he used to say all the time, anybody can cry <laughs> tears when you can have one tear just come down your face. That's it. Yeah. That's what you did there. That is much more powerful when your eyes filled up there than if you had been. Yeah. It was beautiful. Wait a second. You're saying there wasn't glycerin used? It was, it was not fake? No, I used, I used glycerin. Oh, thank you. She, she would never do that. I oh. did. <laughs> I did. Do you know what Bette Midler did? They used to talk about when she. And other, at Greta Garbo, I heard this too. She used to pull a hair out of her nose. Oh. When she, which brings tears to your <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. Serious? Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Oh yeah. Well, Carolyn's got that now. Yeah. Going into, going <laughs> into, yeah, her, going into her toolbox. Going I, hope, toolbox. I don't have hairs in my nose. That's not part of aging. I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> I mean, she might, you might have to use tweezers. I think. That's so oh, funny. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> um, Matthew, same question for you though. Doing some of this stuff, and I know you talked about your love for Brian and all that. But what else? I mean, do, doing some of this stuff. Where is it coming from? Here's here's the the hardest thing for me was at that time in my life, I was not married and I had no children, um, and so 
the love that I felt for Brian came from, and I've told you this too, from knowing him when we worked on that show five years before that and wanting to the same thing kind of that Caroline just said about wanting to protect him. That's a feeling that you find, I don't know how to say this, you find it in another part of your life. That's the what if part. What if my twin brother were going through this? How would I react? How would I shield him? How would I, people I love, what if they were going through it? And then you get to a place where when you feel like that emotion is real, then I would just look at Brian. And that was enough for me. I mean. Mm. Nice, beautiful stuff. Uh, Charles, I want, there's a lot, couple other things they want, you know, we have to talk about in these episodes here. Uh, the Ray, Donna, um, and David thing, you know, Ray is, as you guys said a little bit before, and a lot of people had questions about this, he's a little bit darker than I remembered. Um, you know, he's aggressive. Um, and, I mean, he pushes uh, Donna and all of this. What's your thoughts on looking back on this? Yeah, that was weird. Right? Well, that was the, the, the precursor. You had to set the stone up to be doing it at the end of the season. You had to show that there was a propensity for that kind of behavior. So you had to set it up. Um, did he, uh, you know, it was a little, um, yeah, it was the opposite of rolling with the punches, that's for sure. <laughs> Ray's, Ray's well, uh, you know, I think we thought of, you know, in, in our defense, I mean, I we knew we were going to, this was a blue-collar character, and we thought that there was some, you know, dramatic stuff in there, obviously. And we had a path, because I think in the next episode, which we've seen, uh, a PS, you know, the end of the season was P.S. I Love You, which we saw some stuff with him and his mother, and we find out that, he, that the father, his father, used to abuse the mother, and you know, and, and you know, and Ray almost, also, yeah, that's almost a, a, unfortunately in these situations, it's almost a given. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, but, and we're gonna go there, but we're gonna actually send him to therapy and make a better person of him. You know, just kind of the way we kind of took Sheila Silver and gave her a new brain. We're gonna kind of make it better. And but you know, unfortunately, on the way there, it just uh, totally, it just uh, did catch me by surprise watching it again. And I felt uh, bad. I mean, we put, we, you know, we put him in a situation again. We like the conflict of the triangle where David all of a sudden shows up with Donna because he's got his thing to find his mother, and she's basically seeing Ray. And it, and it worked out pretty well. It just, uh, and you know, and it does get to an interesting place. Um, but uh, the Ray, uh, we were basically getting setting up the end of the season, like Chuck said. Yeah, Maggie. ahead of its time too. To- Dealing with maybe domestic violence like that. With yeah, young- I mean, I think so. I mean, you know, it, it seemed like it a fresh oh, territory. Like fresh territory. Absolutely, and and I know, I know, you got to get, get get out of here pretty soon, Matthew. But we we thought we were we always we had a we always had a great deal of confidence anytime we took on a social issue because we had done so many uh, right from the start. And right. the fact of the matter is, is that this one. Um, we didn't really get a chance to rectify and and make things whole in the way that we were able to in so many of the other subplots. That's why it makes us feel kind of hinky because we couldn't we couldn't get that moment. And you have it here. Ray gives David the keys to the car. You know the moments of turning around. I'm really going to be okay. There is wisdom in right. humanity there. 
we didn't have enough built in, or at least you know, into six to enough to yeah. to make it that we could do something else with the character. We were too far down a road uh, to to uh, and and look, you can you know, you see um, you know how been in the '90s. These stories were buried, buried, buried deep. You know, now um, there there are there are primetime fodder, and I don't mean just on shows, but in life, and people talk about them and. Right. commissions and this and not not back when we were doing it so we we were up against a more of an obstacle that i think we kinds of stories I, yeah. I, I our, inten our intentions were good we could have really maybe helped someone in that kind of relationship that goes through right. it that was that was the whole idea what what was you know fueling us we you know like chuck said we had confidence that we could kind of do some good with it but we just unfortunately uh yeah. we couldn't get to it quick enough of course, the other thing happening in this episode uh, is Dylan, and well, there's a lot of Dylan and, and and Valerie, which which is really cute stuff, and she's gonna get a tattoo, um, and then he's you know he's gonna be doing all of this sort of past lives, uh, hypnotizing and all this stuff. Chuck, um, there's a lot to unpack there, but why don't you tell me about the Dylan storyline? Well, the coolest part, we all reacted to it. If you see this episode, I don't know if you, last time you saw it, Matthew, and he drives to Dylan to go to meet this hypnotist. He drives through the fire zone of Malibu, and there's only like two houses standing, and everything else is just yeah. a chimney. A chimney. And yeah. I remember that that was the summer after we had, we, well, we had stayed there the summer before, actually, but we knew we had got to know Malibu very well, and the fires actually went to the door of the house we stayed at where we stayed that so which was our summer home the, the summer before you know it it was a malibu's had unfortunately a, other subsequent fires since then yeah. um, but that one seemed to be the most visible and and like this whole thing's going to get wiped out so i do so i like I, that part of it and in terms of the regression therapy you know it was good to have the script the irony of course is is that i actually so I wrote this in 95, and in 97, my best pilot didn't get on the air, but it should have, uh, with Fox, with my partner, Roland Jaffe, and it was all about regression therapy over time. So we used this, and, you know, with uh, Kim Raver was the young uh, lead that no one knew yet, because she was going to be the lead. Mm. Well, Matthew, you do have to get going, so I want to yeah. say goodbye to you and just want to let you know we think your work and this these episodes are just oh, absolutely yeah. incredible, man. And we love when you come by here on this show. I can't explain, exp you know, people are saying <laughs> beautiful things about you and your performances here. And well, thank you so much for you know for how much this all means to me, um, all of it. And I could never thank you guys enough for including me and all the people I've gotten to see. Uh, after yeah, all these really years, it was great to see you, Caroline. It's great it to see you great. too, darling. Really, all right. Well. Good seeing you, Matthew. Thanks, Thank guys. You. See you soon. Bye. All right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think you know the the other thing too um, is the people were asking about the fact that you guys brought this up earlier. There's no Brandon. There's no Kelly. Uh, there's none of those other things happening in this story. Now, we thought when we watched it in the. Um, we, we, because of maybe double ups is what we thought we thought it might have been. Um, do you think? Do you think that's what it is, or was there just? I oh, mean, pretty much, and we probably imagine it was um, the um, uh, the the Double Jeopardy show. That's right. That had all those actors. You had you had Claire. You had you know you had Jay. You had um, 
You had Kathleen, you had Jason, you had Kelly, you had and Alex Gabby, Trebek. <laughs> and Alba Shalom, Alex Trebek. Yeah. Which yeah, is a lot of fun to be there. Right. I made a point of and I and, and you know, I have some of the stuff I wrote, some of the letters, and that one was, you know, a love letter for me to the show saying how much I'd love to do an episode, you know, on it and and mm-hmm. thinking spinning how it could be because knowing but it would really be an easy way to have my character have enough money to pay for college if i could get on this show uh larry what about in the uh one from season six that we were talking about uh earlier i mean you, you did you did kept bringing caroline back was there something that you just loved about her performances i mean or uh, put him on the spot well, yeah i mean also for brian i mean you know it was you know I, I, for the david silver character who you know who probably had touches of of mental illness and i think uh you know we had you know mental illness around us that kind of bipolar quality which we kind of uh, gave to david and you know we could gave it a you know from his mother it all made sense and uh I, I have I have to see some of the the season seven stuff to see where it went with David. I can't remember anymore. So yeah, I, I am I am making that up. But did we bring you back again, Carolyn? Did you come back on the show ever after that after the uh, electroshock? Yeah. Well, the breast. Uh, yeah, no, the, uh, the I, Thanksgiving I show. I had the turkey one. Right. Was That's that the right. last one you did? That was the last one, wasn't it? Yeah, we probably should. Yeah, I mean, look, we played that 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 out pretty well, and uh, I think we do take take David a, ch- a chance to. He does get a little bit crazy. I think he has the Vegas thing when his, his grandfather dies, and right? Some other stuff happens. I have to really kind of study it myself, but no, it was just it was fantastic to have real acting going on and, and to be able to give Brian and 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 Matthew and Carolyn something that you know that we yeah. thought was pretty good. Again, our Wait. show did not get a lot of respect, and so. Maybe yeah, now when people the say they go, holy died. shit. You killed the grandfather? David, <laughs> we killed the grandfather, Chuck. Why? But he gets, because he gives, the card Matt, he, he gives the car to David that he would never let uh, Mel Silver drive, the Thunderbird. Yeah. It's a very touching story where, the you know, the, between Matthew, Matthew would go crazy on this one. Where you know basically he was pa- passed over by his own father because his grandfather liked his grandson better and left him the car. Well, so it's kind of a cool episode. No, and anyway, the cool. car is a Thunderbird. It's like a classic Thunderbird. Wow, yes, it's a good oh, episode. I see. Yeah, so we killed the father. We killed the father. We could exploit anybody. We could have killed the old guy. We could have killed And what's her name? As Sherry Weiss says that Caroline was in season seven. She was in If I Had a Hammer. Yeah. So of course I was. Yeah. Okay, see, I haven't seen that one in a while. I have no idea. Season, you know, I just this was one we did, Chuck, in, in uh, coordination with, uh, what's the one, Habitat for Humanity, the people who build the houses for you? Uh-huh, sure. Yeah, yeah, we did it with them. We built the house for Willie. <laughs> That's great. It's great. It was great. You hear, it was you hear show. Where are you in your brain when you hear about some of these things where you're like, <laughs> oh, they built the house for Willie. <laughs> That's I love so lovely. lovely. I love really, I like Powerful stuff happening in, in this season. Yeah. Wesley, Wesley Gluck, his name was. Hey, I want to show uh, people really love that scene, Larry, that you guys wrote with um, Valerie and, and, and David on the on the ledge. So I'm going to show that. Okay. We're asking to see that. What I come here for? Get back over here, there's slides all the time. That's right. The bottom can fall out from under you. Without any warning at all. 
just like life. Well, I think, you know, it's all like, you know, he's looking at his mother and that's his future. He's going to end up as an electroshock a zombie just like his mother and uh, only get to turn right once in, this, in the whole show. Um, no, just kidding. Uh, but no, he, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Like I said, I think we bring it back. I have to see the episode again at the end of season seven, you know, where Valerie then goes to the same place. Yes, they do. They, that, yeah. that, that, that does. I sort of remember that, you know. Caroline, when you look back on your work on 90210, I know it's a very long time ago. Uh, you said mostly good. Uh, you said all good memories. Um, would it, do you still get recognized for this work? And and yes, every so it's so, it's so surprising the things that people sort of re remember because I sort of, I mean, I don't look, look anything like that really anymore. I, you know, I got all my little wrinkles and everything. But people do. They they normally first recognize me from Gossip Girl, and then they'll be like, but. You know, when they're little people a little bit older, but then they'll be like, well, wait a second, because um, everybody knows Brian. You know, he's like a, you know, big star. And being a big star's mother is a place to be. And so, didn't you, Brian, Brian Austin? And I'll go, yes, I, I played his mother. And and then they'll be, oh my gosh, that was like such an intense scene. They really, um, the people who do recognize me from that are incredibly, they remember those episodes because I think it was like, very unusual in a cast of young, beautiful people to suddenly have a show that delved into, you know, mental illness and electroshock and all of this kind of stuff. And it was very truthful. And Brian's a very truthful actor, you know, as is my, you know, sweet ex-husband. So <laughs> it really grabbed them, you know. Remember these. It's lovely. I love it when people remember stuff I've done years and years ago, you know. Yeah. Further back, the better you think, oh, doesn't matter. It was worth doing, you know, and it's nice to be remembered. You know, Larry, something that you said in the um, in the uh, watch along too was, you know, because Sheila, or we always had heard about Sheila Silver. I don't know that we've ever called her by that name, but we heard about the ex-wife for you know in the, in the previous years. But you talk about in the watch along taking a shot on something that on a character that you know we had not uh, really gone too far with. So was that a part of this writing Sheila into this too? Well, yeah, I mean that. I mean, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you have a, a lot to to get into because it's a major relationship. I mean, it's just it was left there as a as a blank, uh, you know, blank canvas, and you got a chance to really, uh, you know, you know, try to find the great storylines in which what we were looking at because you know we were doing thirty two hours a season. That's because wow. a lot, of, you know, again, a lot of it was manufacturing. You know, I mean, so it's the circumstances called. We need storylines for people and. You know, you sit there and, you know, you kind of spill out like 15 Brian story, you know, David Silver storylines. And that one's, you know, that one had some resonance to it. That's what, that one's got some gravitas. You know, you can really uh, do something with that. And, and it had legs, too. I mean, that's the great thing. See how it grew. And you could just constantly, you know, it was a gift to kind of keep on giving a little bit. You, you read some more story. Earlier, I saw Molly Campbell 
in the chat here and she said hello hey, to Molly. everybody. Hey, Molly. Wanted to <laughs> reference the fact that you named the the, <laughs> the therapist Molly the Campbell. This is named Molly Campbell. It's a different Molly, not Molly Harris Campbell. Right. <laughs> same one. It's the same one. She just didn't know. It. She lived it in another lifetime. She, yeah, <laughs> it, it was a term of endearment that she was a past life therapist. Had, had either of you had anyone tell you uh, when you were about them living in a past life when you were or or after the show? Had anyone tell you that? Oh, I lived in a past life as well. Did they like comment well, on? When we do the Patreon, I'll just talk about where this came from. This was a very specific moment and. It, it, well, I could do a basis of it now, I guess, but yeah, yeah it freaked me out. It, it, like, why is this happening in this way? And it was when I was with Karen, and I used to say, Oh, she would be my soul. She must have been my girlfriend in a, in a previous life or things like that. And, and I, you know, I have a fear of heights. So where do you get a fear of heights from? Or where do you get this from? Or, or things just that, you know, kind of, you know, weird kind of psychological things like that. You but pushed more off importantly than that, I, I was a really good in American history. I mean, from like the day I walked into school. So, and then all of a sudden uh, you start doing it a little bit more and there I am and I'm leaving college. I'm in college and am I going to become an academic? And why is my specialty 1876 to 1912? Why is it that I... Everything and a lot was going. It's a fascinating time in American history. But why did everything come so easy? Right. So now it's 1981. We're we're now in this show. Yeah, it's happened. And you know this. I'm I've been married to my wife for four years. She's just taken the bar exam. We're in England. We go to the V&A Museum. And if you know the Victoria and Albert Museum, what it is is you walk into giant halls. And there are different things that's almost like put on, you know, just on a around the circumference there. And you look and you can say, oh, I'm going to, what is that? And well, what's that? I walked into 10 of them in a row that were from, you know, the 18th century to the 21st century. And I'd see something and I'd walk towards it. And every single one was from 1876. Every single one was so familiar to me. Now, 1876, the United States history is huge. Uh, for, for it, was the, it was the first time that the guy who got the most, the popular vote, did not become the president. Mm-hmm. He actually, the delegates voted in. It was the, it was the end of Reconstruction, guys. <laughs> was, we were, we've been paying the price ever since. But, you know, and it just happened to me again and again. And I said to Karen, finally, after like the 12th time, I've lived, I must have been alive in 1876. Why is is this happening this way? Mm. So consistently. So that's where it comes from. So blame the V&A. Blame, you know, Victoria and Albert. Don't blame me. I was just just the artistic vessel. (laughs) Uh, Zara says Caroline's role made a huge impact on the show. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Hey, Zara. Really cool stuff, guys. I think we've covered this episode pretty good. What do you think, Chuck? Yeah. I'm really glad I got, you know, I've I've said this before, that when you you really are running a show, you're doing the thing that uh, you don't really get, especially when the adult actors or the ones who did, I never got time to talk to you, spend any time. It was very nice to do it all these years later. 
Well, you're only a few miles away from me. When I come back to Santa Monica, I'll invite you for a drink. That's right. Larry Tulips and Marina Del Rey, so they're all beach folk. We'll all yeah. be there. Okay. All right. <laughs> you come back from Atlanta. Have a, have a good uh, session there. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. All right. Now, Larry, next week, we're going to be covering Straight Shooter from Season 7. Yeah. We have Dick coming on, right? Uh, the guy who played Dick, played, Dick Gautier. And yep. uh, the director, Chip Chalmers, who was hoping to be here, but he also directed Straight, uh, Straight Shooter, which apparently won a PRISM Award. <laughs> no one told me. <laughs> yes, we had that conversation earlier today. It won a PRISM Award, so that Which was very... For, I got for, a PRISM Award. It's not such a I big deal. <laughs> I, I had to look it up. What's the shrink's got nothing to oh do with giving an award? I, I looked at it. It was for for excellence in demonstrating substance abuse. They must have just been following my life. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to be uh, next week, and then we'll see where we're going from there. But uh, thanks again, Caroline, for stopping by thank here. Thank you so much for inviting me to join these gorgeous men and you really <laughs> enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. We will see you all uh, next week. Bye-bye. I know how to get out of here. Peace.